The spot Bitcoin ETFs have people hoovering up Bitcoin, but there's still a risk they might not be approved. Good morning. You're listening to the Rise and Crypto podcast by Cointelegraph with me, Robert Bags, steering you through the crypto cosmos with daily dispatches from the digital frontier. If you want to stay on the cutting edge of the crypto industry, make sure you click that follow button. Okay, grab yourself a coffee and let's get into it. It's that time again for your daily debrief on the most important stories in crypto. So here is the rundown. Grayscale's latest spot Bitcoin ETF amendment omits the name of the authorized participants. We let various AIs predict crypto in 2024. Disney's copyright on the Mickey Mouse precursor expires and becomes a viral NFT collection. Michael Saylor sells $216 million of MicroStrategy stock to buy more personal Bitcoin. And an analyst warns there is still a risk of the spot Bitcoin ETFs not being approved. In yesterday's episode, we discussed the flurry of amendments to the spot Bitcoin ETF application S1 forms. One of the alterations of note from BlackRock was the addition of the names of their authorised participants, APs, which included JP Morgan, despite the CEO Jamie Dimon wanting crypto shut down. As a quick reminder, an AP is an organisation that can create and redeem shares of an ETF. Now, Grayscale has made some amendments to their S1 filing, but as the Bloomberg ETF analyst Eric Balkanas pointed out, Grayscale has omitted the names of their APs. Balkanas tweeted, New Grayscale amendment just dropped. Clear language on cash only, but still no AP named. Just blanks where the name should go. Not sure why, since SEC wants to see it, and they have been pretty cocksure about having one. Also, nothing on fee that I could see. That's a big open question too. So no one is clear on why exactly Grayscale hasn't included the names of their APs. Back in June of 2022, Grayscale indicated that Jane Street Capital and Virtue Financial would be its APs if they converted the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, GBTC, to an ETF. This could still be the case, but Jane Street is listed as APs for Wisdom Tree, Fidelity and BlackRock, and Virtue was listed as an AP for Invesco Galaxy. As Balkanas later tweeted, BlackRock, Fidelity et al. did it, so why not be done with it? It seems pretty unlikely that we're going to have a curveball here, but it's one to watch and we'll have our answers soon enough. Daniel Ramirez Escudero wrote a brilliant piece yesterday where he went around the various large language model AIs and asked them to predict things in crypto for 2024. With, for all intents and purposes, limitless information at its disposal, AI has what it needs for great predictions. The question is whether any of these large language models can interpret the data in a useful way. So the first question Daniel posited was whether Bitcoin will hit a new all-time high in 2024. We've seen lots of experts predict around $100,000 price tag on Bitcoin in 2024, as well as a handful of outlandish $1 million calls and then everything in between. Most of the AIs wanted it on the record that it's hard to predict such a volatile asset and you can't really blame them for that. But Daniel coaxed predictions anyway. Google Bard said, several analysts have predicted that Bitcoin could reach a price of $120,000 in 2024. These predictions are based on various factors, including the Bitcoin halving, growing adoption, regulatory clarity, and the potential for a spot Bitcoin ETF approval. Though Bard did go on to set parameters of between $50,000 and $120,000 in 2024, which is an absurd amount of wiggle room. 
The next question was whether the spot Bitcoin ETFs will be approved and Bard and ChatGPT predicted early 2024 and January respectively. So no guru-esque wisdom there. Next, Daniel asked a far tougher question. What are the upcoming crypto trends for 2024? This is much more difficult to find a pre-written answer for. Bard went the rather safe route and focused on institutional investment, though it added that the growth in institutional adoption will be as a result of them using digital assets to hedge against against inflation. ChatGPT, however, went deeper and techier, predicting the following, which I'm going to just quote directly. Number one, decentralized private identifiers, DPINs. Advancements in privacy-focused solutions are expected from cryptographic identifiers that allow users to control their personal data securely. Number two, restaking protocols. Staking is already widespread, but restaking protocols will emerge. Number three, data availability layers. As blockchain networks grow, ensuring data availability becomes crucial. New layers will enhance data storage and retrieval mechanisms. Number four, real-world asset tokenization. Beyond cryptocurrencies, 2024 will have more assets like real estate, art or stocks tokenized on blockchains, making them more accessible. And number five, AI cryptocurrencies. Artificial intelligence integrated with blockchain technology will lead to innovative applications such as AI-driven trading algorithms and predictive analytics. That was such a comprehensive answer that I started googling that question and similar questions to see if I could find any of the answers ChatGPT gave. I didn't spend too long on it, but ChatGPT definitely didn't just swipe those answers from an article or two. So Daniel and I are definitely going to have to revisit this at the end of 2024. So a rather unusual story played out yesterday and it's split across two articles which are both linked in the show notes below. At midnight on the 1st of January, many were drunkenly texting exes, making unkeepable resolutions or bellowing old Lang Syne mere inches from the faces of loved ones. Not Alexander Taub though. Alexander Taub, who goes by at AJT on X, was busy minting a new NFT collection of Steamboat Willie. Steamboat Willie was a Disney character that acted as a sort of precursor to Mickey Mouse and was very similar in appearance. At midnight on the 1st of January, Taub was busy minting because that was the exact moment that the character became public domain, meaning it can be used by anyone for any purpose. United States law only allows copyright to be held for 95 years and the time's up. Immediately, three different collections based around Steamboat Willie shot up the trending charts on OpenSea. In fact, in that 24-hour period, the three different collections occupied first, second and third. In first was the collection Steamboat Willie public domain 2024 with around $1.2 million in trading volume, which is about 521 ETH. Second went to the collection Steamboat Willie with 169 ETH. And then in third, there was a sharp drop to Steamboat Willie's riverboat at 15 ETH. Although the creation of these NFTs doesn't appear to breach any US law, the chief legal officer of Atlas and a core contributor to Engine, Oscar Franklin Tan, he had some warnings. Although Tan called the character's revival heartwarming, he added that only the specific specific 1928 depiction of Mickey Mouse, the scarier black and white character with a longer nose and no gloves, is public domain under US law. Mickey Mouse, the trademark and brand, separate from the character, is still private. You cannot suddenly make your own Mickey products. Tan also had an important warning to people outside of the US. The 1928 depiction of Mickey, Steamboat Willie, may not be public domain in every country, as some countries have different copyright time limitations. He also added that using Steamboat Willie to imply that you're affiliated with Disney is not a good idea. I imagine that's a rather quick way to find yourself on the business end of a lawsuit. 
Okay, it's been a few weeks since we last discussed Michael Saylor and the company he's the co-founder of, MicroStrategy, but there's two developments worth knowing. MicroStrategy is a business intelligence firm and one of the companies with the most Bitcoin on its books, second only to Grayscale. On the Ryzen Crypto episode on the 1st of December last month, I covered the news that MicroStrategy had bought another 16,130 Bitcoin. This cost $593.3 million at an average price of $36,785. $5 per Bitcoin. By the way, that is an already absurdly lucrative investment. At the time of recording, that's worth north of $730 million, which means MicroStrategy has made over $130 million on just that wedge of Bitcoin in a little over a month. Well, they're not stopping. Over the Christmas period, Helen Parts reported that MicroStrategy had bought another 14,620 Bitcoin, this time at $42,110 per Bitcoin. It's not all that surprising given how much Michael Saylor has championed the cryptocurrency in recent years, and he even said last month that the spot Bitcoin ETFs are the biggest development on Wall Street in 30 years. But Saylor isn't just playing an aggressive game with MicroStrategy, however. Yesterday, Tom Mitchell Hill reported that Saylor has begun a four-month process of selling $216 million worth of stock in his own firm, MicroStrategy. In a 2nd of January filing with the SEC, Saylor disclosed that the process of selling his shares has started with a tranche of 5,000 shares yesterday, and he aims to continue selling 5,000 per day for the next four months. Why? Well, half of the two reasons given is vague. It's for addressing personal obligations. The other reason, however, is to, and I quote, acquire additional Bitcoin to my personal account. Despite this sell-off, Saylor's stake in MicroStrategy is still said to be significant. Everyone is speaking about the spot Bitcoin ETFs as a done deal, but there is still a chance that they don't go through on the 10th of January. So let's have a look at what the risk is. The aforementioned Eric Balkanas and James Seyfart two ETF analysts at Bloomberg have been front and center of the spot Bitcoin ETF applications, reporting on every update and alteration with their expertise. Back in November, the pair estimated that the likelihood of acceptance for the ETF applications in January is 90% and they have stayed steadfast at that probability. But that still leaves a 10% chance that many are pretending isn't there. And speaking to Cointelegraph, Balkanas addressed that. The fear isn't really that there will be an outright rejection by the SEC at the buzzer. Balkanas said this would be the rug pull of the decade and that everybody put a lot of work into this, especially over the holidays. Sadistic might not even be a strong enough word for it. Okay, so what is the risk? Time. Balkanas highlighted that the most likely issue to occur that means we don't see the ETFs accepted on the 10th of January is that the SEC hasn't got all of their ducks in a row. He said, I would say if we don't see it in the next two weeks, it's because they, the SEC, need more time. This wouldn't be a complete disaster, but it would certainly be impactful. An outright denial, though, would be nightmarish. Balkanas suggested that if the worst-case scenario were to happen, there'd be lawsuits against the SEC similar to Grayscale's. This time next week, we will likely know if the ETFs got the green light or not. And then it's time to begin analysing whatever happens next. That is it for today. Consider yourself informed. Thank you for listening to the Rise and Crypto podcast by Cointelegraph. If you're enjoying these daily updates, please make sure you let us know by following, subscribing or leaving a review. I see some of you have already done this and we really appreciate it. It helps more than you might realise. Have a great day. Let's do this again tomorrow.